This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Hoopsology. My name is Justin Goodrum, and along with Matt Thomas, our goal is to bring you quality basketball content from all over the hoops world. Before we jump into the show, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast to receive our latest episodes from journalists, authors, athletes from all over the basketball world. If you have a comment or question, please email us at hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Now enjoy the show. He is the public address announcer for the Minnesota Timberwolves. We welcome Sean Parker onto Hoopsology. How's it going, Sean? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's great to be here. Thanks for coming on to the show. And with a lot of our guests, we want to explore their connection with the game of basketball. So we usually ask, what is either your favorite basketball memory or your first basketball memory that comes to mind? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, probably my first basketball memory, and I'm going to date myself here, uh, would be 1982 NBA Finals, Sixers-Lakers. Um, that was probably my first exposure to the NBA. And uh, I started out, you know, from the D.C. area, but I did start out a Lakers fan, um, you know, because of that series. And uh, yeah, Dr. J and Kareem, Magic, uh, you know, that's that's my wheelhouse right there. Awesome. And Sean, I, I want to kind of get your path and route to becoming just a public address announcer overall, because I think it's something within the basketball world that's not really explored. I think it's fascinating. I think Matt and I were talking and we were saying that it's one of the most unsung, you know, positions that you go to, a, you know, an NBA game. It's so critical because, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have the right public address announcer, it kind of, you're going to notice that gap throughout the entire game. So he kind of explain just your journey into not only becoming the Minnesota Timberwolves public address announcer, but how you be- became involved in this profession overall. Sure. And one thing, just to piggyback on what you said, it's also a position that is misunderstood because when you tell someone that you are a public address announcer, they're like, oh, the guy on TV is like, no, that's the that's the play by play guy. (laughs) And and I use this term simply to get people to understand. I tell them I'm the voice of God in the arena. And they're like, (laughs) oh, okay. So, um, so just wanted to kind of clear that up. So, sure. people that are that are watching this podcast, play by play, PA, voice of God. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. No, absolutely. But um, in terms of my path, uh, so I started out. Um, I was a journalism major. Uh, actually, going back to uh, going back to high school, I went to a visual performing arts high school. So studied broadcast. Uh, uh, television production, went to the University of Maryland, studied broadcast journalism, wanted to be a sportscaster, wanted to be the 5, 6, and 11 o'clock anchor, you know, in, in D.C., uh, decided when I was in college that I didn't want to go down that path of, you know, certain things uh, about the profession I just didn't, you know, didn't like at the time. Uh, went, did other things, and probably about 
10 years ago, I decided I wanted to get back into doing something sports related. So um, reached out and this is for all aspiring PA announcers. This is definitely a way to get your foot in the door. I volunteered at a local high school uh, near mm -hmm. where I worked. I just reached out to them, sent them an email, said, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I you know, want to be a PA announcer. And they were like, okay, yeah, let's let's bring you in. We'll talk to the basketball coaches and see if they want to do this. And the basketball coaches were on board. And so I volunteered. And you know, you volunteer, you don't get paid. I got, you know, I got paid in candy bars and hot dogs and, <laughs> and, and sodas at the concession stand. But that's okay because I was getting experience. Uh, so from there, I started making connections. Uh, one of the big connections that I made. And I, I always tell him that, you know, he is one of the big reasons I am where I am. The former PA announcer for the, uh, for the Washington Wizards, Ralph Wesley. Uh, I'm, I connected with him. Uh, he threw me a couple of jobs that, you know, that he was doing, couldn't do it. Uh, that got my foot in the door uh, with the DC Divas, the women's professional football team in DC. I was PA announcer there for four years. And I also made it over to George Washington University, Division I school in DC, did six sports there. And it was there um, as I was gaining experience. I said, let me look for, you know, for auditions, um, for pro auditions around the country, just to see where my skills matched up. You know, I just wanted to see where I was so that I could grow. Uh, in, in my position. There were three positions that were open uh, in the NBA at the same time. Wow. The Timberwolves, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the New Jersey, oh, I was going to say New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. See, that shows you how old I am. <laughs> I, it's still um, weird to me too. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> me too. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, so those three positions were open. Uh, New Jersey, I found out about it the day of, so I was like, I can't do that one. So I emailed the other two. Uh, Memphis didn't get back to me. That's fine. They've got a great PA announcer down there, Marcus Tucker. He's awesome. Uh, and then the Timberwolves emailed me back and said, yeah, we've got audition slots, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to fly up. Never been to Minnesota. I was like, okay, let me just, let me fly up there. And, you know, I've never been there. And let's give this a shot. So I flew up and... Long story short, I can make the story longer, but the long story short, three rounds and 400 people later, they chose me. Wow. And uh, it was uh, it was a real blessing. It was, uh, you know, definitely a learning experience. Like I said, it was three rounds and I actually flew up here twice, uh, once for the first round, once for the final round. Uh, but, um, you know, like I said, it was a true blessing. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. If if I can pry, what what was that like? Was that like, um, you know, kind of a, a game you were watching and having to sort of make announcements on on the microphone there? Or oh, so the what, actual what audition. Kind of like? okay. so yeah. The, so the so the first round uh, of auditions, uh, it was actually at you know, we play at Target Center, but the first round was actually at the Excel Energy Center uh, because Target Center was under renovation. So we were at the X. So they brought us down. Uh, to the tunnel, and they had the court was set up for the links. The links were they were playing there that season, mm. so they had a table set up behind one of the baskets. That's where we did our audition. They had the judges 
at the scorer's table. And later they told us they wanted that physical distance so that people wouldn't come up and glad and, hey, you know, hi, it's nice to meet you, blah, blah. You know, yeah. <laughs> not that they were being mean, but they had so many people to go through. They couldn't do all that. So they had the distance. So we're, so they had a table set up with the microphone. They had a sample script that had the starting lineup, a couple of general reads, um, and the welcome. So they told us, read the script, um, read it through. When you get finished, they will either say thank you very much, or if there's something that they want you to reread, they'll ask you to reread it. So, um, so I went, sat down, I read it, very professional, and, and he was like, "Thank you very much." You know, that was very professional. We want you to do the starting lineup again, but this time, you know, this is a new era of Timberwolves basketball, new uniforms, new you know, new new logo, new branding. Uh, you know, renovated Target Center. We're looking for a fresh, big sound. You know, like that guy in Detroit. Mm. Now, I'm sitting there, very straight, very professional. <laughs> and when they said that guy in Detroit, I went, I literally did like this. I was like, oh, you mean Mason? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, Mason in Detroit. And they're like, no matter how weird it sounds, you know, we just want to hear your max, your maximum volume, all, everything you have inside, we want to hear it. Okay, no problem. So I sat there for a few seconds. I dropped my head. I closed my eyes. I took a deep breath. And out of the pit of my soul came <laughs> this voice. Now, I, you know, I have a loud voice. I, you know, I have a big voice. Um, my voice carries anyway. But it was another gear. It was something deep inside that came out and just, and it was just, <laughs> it just, it filled the entire arena. So I got finished. Um, you know, thank you very much. I'm sure somebody else, somebody will be in touch with you. I walked up the stairs to get to the concourse. When my feet hit the concourse for the first time in my adult life, I had a panic attack after the fact. And it wasn't from being nervous or anything, because I've been behind the mic before. It wasn't a matter of being nervous. It was the realization that I went to Minnesota and I did exactly what I said I wanted to do. I wanted to do my very best. And I really felt at that point, I felt like I gave them my absolute best. And it was about a week later, they called and, and you know, said they wanted to, wanted to move me ahead in the process and, uh, it was the first week in September of 2017. I flew back up here for the final round, had an interview, did another recording for them. Uh, and they, about two and a half weeks later, they called and offered me the position and told me after the fact that that first night that I was there, okay. that everybody else that came behind me, they would have had to beat me, that it was my job to lose. And I was like, wow, I'm glad you didn't tell me that because I would have been on pins and needles, you know, for the next month while that process uh, played out. But, uh, you know, it, it was it was it was very cathartic doing that. You know, I would I would recommend to everybody go somewhere and just at the top of your lungs, everything in your soul, just belt something out <laughs> uh, because it, it really is something that, you know, releasing that. 
Uh, and I'm very fortunate, very blessed to be able to do that now 41 nights a year. Awesome. You, you've had so much experience over the years calling different sports. Um, going back to those early days, was there a difference in the way that you would do different sports, like at the high school level, at the college level? Um, what, are you, what have you found to be the difference between sports in, in what makes for a good PA announcer? Professional basketball is different uh, than other sports, hmm. uh, especially high, especially more so the high school level. College, you get a little closer to the pro level, but on, on the high school level, it really is about, um, you know, about being professional, being slanting a little bit, being a little bit of a homer, but not being over the top. You want to be respectful to all of the athletes and, and, uh, and uh, you know, you're not going over the top. Being an NBA PA announcer is about going over the top, being having that big sound. Mm. And just, you know, you're an entertainer. If you go to the Timberwolves website, um, I, you know, I, along with the in arena hosts, we are listed under game night sounds and we are part of the live programming and entertainment department. So we are entertainers. You know, mm -hmm. I am I'm giving them information, but in a way that is that is entertaining. And I've had people come up to me. It's funny. I had an interaction probably about two, two and a half years ago with one of the Timberwolves super fans. And, uh, you know, it was before a game and I was walking through the tunnel and I was chatting with him and a couple of other people. And he said, you know, when you first started, we didn't like you because my predecessor, <laughs> he had been with the Timberwolves for 21 years. So, oh, wow. you know, I'm only the third PA announcer in Timberwolves history. Wow. There was somebody that, was, that had the job for like eight seasons. He had it for 21 and now it's me. And uh, they were like, you know, we, we didn't like you at first because his style was a little more under, he was, you know, demonstrative, but a, a little more understated. I'm a little more over the top than he was. And they were like, we didn't like you at first, but, you know, we, we've gotten used to you. We're, you're cool now. And I, was, <laughs> I just laughed and I'm like, you know, hey, thank you. And I knew that there would be, uh, you know, there would be a, a, a transition um, there. But, uh, you know, the fans have been awesome. They really... They they like my call, uh, you know, and at the beginning, you know, Minneapolis, it's time to hear you howl. And, and you know, they they really get behind that. And uh, and I've been, you know, fortunate now I have, you know, a couple of a couple of signatures and and, uh, and it's really cool. It's, it's a really cool experience. And, and I really I enjoy it. Sean, can you go over what one of your what are your favorite memories in terms of does it being in that arena? And just feeling the the energy off of that crowd, I I don't know if anybody can relate to that except yourself or other PA announcers. What mm -hmm. that feels like in terms of just the emotions, especially with a big game that's happening. Do you have any like notable memories regarding that scenario? Absolutely, my first season, uh, my first season, the Timberwolves uh, went to the playoffs for the first time in fourteen years. Uh, so you know there was a little joke that hey, you know. Sean comes in in his first season, he gets to go to the playoffs. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as a matter of fact, the Timberwolves, we clinched on the last day of the regular season. We had to beat Denver uh, in game number 82 at home uh, to clinch. 
And we came back from like 15 down in the fourth quarter to force overtime. Uh, and when I tell you that the atmosphere inside Target Center was just electric. I mean, I had goosebumps. Um, the fans were, they were on their feet uh, for most of the game. And, you know, it was just back and forth. You could feel the tension. And uh, and then when we finally did win, again, the goosebumps, the roar inside Target Center was unlike anything I've ever heard. There, the, you know, the word clenched in, you know, big capital letters <laughs> is flashing all over the scoreboard, okay. all over the ribbon boards. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And then, uh, and then we had uh, our little uh, group, we had an after party after that. Place we went to had clinch slashing everywhere, and uh, and it was just it was a phenomenal feeling because even though it was my first season, I felt the release that everybody had. I felt that oh my god, we did it. We're in the playoffs, uh, and and it was a feeling that you know kind of instantly drew me in because I told you I'm from the D.C. area. I grew up a Washington Wizards fan, and let's just say we weren't in the playoffs every year. So I, I understand that. I get that <laughs> feeling. So it was just that, that feeling. It was, it, it was, it was indescribable. And yet I'm describing it at the same time because it was just something that was just everybody. It was, it was hearts and, and rainbows and everybody's high-fiving and hugging. And it was just a phenomenal feeling. And, and how do you address like the opposite of that? when there's expectations of that big win and they don't. And as a PA announcer, what's what's the thought process there in terms of, you know, I mean, you have to be professional, but at the same time, is there any kind of thoughts of like consoling the crowd in a way of, of how, how cause I always wonder in a situation in which like, you know, the, the team's not going to the playoffs or, you know, they're eliminated from the playoffs. How is that addressed in terms of what's going through your mind during that process? Well, let me just say that, and I've, and I've had people ask me, um, you know, several times, um, you know, are you, you know, I tell them I'm from the DC area and they're like, are you a fan of the team? You can't sit there for 41 home games and call, you know, these players names and, and, you know, get to know them and, and whatnot without becoming a fan of the team without caring. So I am a Timberwolves fan. Uh, so it hurts when we lose a game it hurts. We sit at the score, like you see us, you know, kind of in passing at the scorer's table, but we're sitting there and we we chat amongst each other. And when we hit a big shot, you know, we're there cheering. It might be a small fist bump, but, you know, we're we're pumping our fist. And when somebody misses a shot, you know, we, we get depressed. You know, we have the same emotions that the fans do. We just can't be as, you know, as outward with it. So when we lose a game, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. We had a game, and, and this it, it hurts to talk about this, but we had a game where we were up by 17 points with three minutes left in the game. Oh. And we ended up losing that game in overtime. And it, you know, we're just sitting there, and we had some of us, most of us, 
we just had a bad feeling about it. And mm-hmm. it's just, you go through those emotions. But again, like you said, you have to be professional. So I can't get on the mic and like, oh, tonight's final score. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't do that. But I, there are ways that I do that. Like at the end of the game, when we win, you know, at, at the final buzzer, I'll get on the mic, tonight's final score, your Minnesota Timberwolves, and do it like that. When we lose, tonight's final score, the Minnesota Timberwolves, blah, blah, blah. You know, so you, there are ways you can change your, the inflection of your voice to, uh, you know, to show your emotion. And so that's what I, that's what I do. That's what I try to do with that. Makes sense. Um, are this this might be a silly question, so I apologize in advance if it is. But are there times where you have startled or surprised people around you, like a, at the start of the game? I mean, obviously you've got the microphone in front of you, but you're so high energy. You've got such great vocal projection. Have you noticed people getting like startled or, or just surprised at the beginning of games when you're starting things out? No, you know what? I don't notice it because literally when, um, so just uh, so a, a little bit of the inside. And by the way, people that are that are watching this, I do a Facebook Live of myself doing the starting lineups. You probably, oh, cool. probably saw that. So you can mm-hmm. kind of uh, imagine and, and see what I'm about to describe. But, um, you know, after I do the visiting starting lineup, uh, the lights go out, the music starts, and I'm, you know, sitting there and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm in a zone. So I'm not looking around. I am focused on my cue. So as the music is going, you know, the first few seconds, I'm getting into it. I'm bouncing and, and whatnot. And then I'm looking up at the scoreboard because I'm looking for my cue to come in. So if you've ever been in Target Center or have ever seen one of our games, we have our, our intro video. And as soon as our logo hits, that's when I, Minneapolis, it's time. And, and so I'm looking for my cue. So I don't see what, you know, what's going on. I don't see what the players' reactions are or anything to it because I'm just focused on doing my job. I don't want to mispronounce anybody's name. I don't want to announce the wrong player. So I'm just so locked in. I have heard after the fact that, um, you know, people that have, haven't been to a Timberwolves game in a while and they hear me, they're just like, wow, you know, they're like, you know, it really, you know, kind of kind of blow people away. I remember the first scrimmage that I did, which was a scrimmage for uh, for season ticket holders. Uh, my boss said, OK, this first game, I want you to hold back a little bit. I don't want you to, you know, we want to save that for opening night. We just want to give them a little taste of what you can of what you can do. I said, OK, no problem. And, and did that. And then opening night, it was just, you know, hey, let's go and. And people, it, it took a few games for them to get used to me because, again, because I was just so, my voice was so in your ear. You know, mm-hmm. people, people say in your face. It was so in your ear. It's, it's there that it took them a minute to get used to that. But now, you know, now they love it and, and they know that, hey, the intros are going to be lit. You know, and, that, and that's what I want to give them. Awesome. Do you have any like regular preparation before the game and, and maybe any like specific like vocal exercises and stuff you're doing like that to kind of like warm up and prepare for the game? 
Uh, you know what? I don't. I've, I've been. I'm very blessed with a strong voice. I probably should, uh, because as I get older, I imagine that uh, uh, you know that the that the voice will change, and, and you have to have to do those exercises. But for the most part, I just try on game day. You know, I try not to do. You know, I try not to do soft drinks. I try to, you know, try to drink lots of water and and tea. Yeah. Um, you know, especially. Minnesota winters, like the first winter, it took me a while to get acclimated to the the weather up here. So, you know, I had to, February was a struggle. I've missed one game in my career and it was February of my first season. I, I had a cold and it took me a while to get over the cold. Like physically I was fine, but my voice had to recover. Uh, so I did miss one game. Uh, but uh, But for the most part, it's just about um, just keeping keeping the throat lubricated uh, so that I can do what I need to do once I get out there. Sean, I want to ask you about your experience with NBA 2K. Um, how did that come about? Did they approach you? And then what was the whole process like, you know, actually, you know, hearing your voice in a video game? What was that experience like? Uh, so the initial process, when they did reach out to me, and um, I actually, I got an email uh, and from 2K, and and it was an email uh, saying that they were they had a project coming up, and they wanted to talk to me about it. I'm like, okay. Uh, so I said yes. You know, I'm interested about hearing more. So I actually, before I had a conversation with them, I had to sign an NDA because if they had everything on lockdown because they wanted to, you know, do their own big rollout of the game, so they didn't want any word leaking out. So the whole, the NDA, the whole nine and uh, talked about it. And so uh, last December, December, 2020, uh, flew out to, to LA for a week, um, went to the studio, recorded, and it was a lot of lines. I mean, seven days straight, three to four hours a day. And wow. we're talking thousands of lines uh, <laughs> because literally every player in the NBA every legend that you can think of the custom players in the game the incoming draftees i mean we said all of those names we said all of those names dunking the ball and three pointers and assists <laughs> wow. and you know it was just it was a lot and it really it stretched my voice like i didn't know that my voice could do what it did for that sustained amount of time like after the first day, I thought I was done, but uh, they, you know, they taught, they coach you through it. And I was able to give them seven days of just sustained high energy. And um, it was fun. It, it was, it was a fun experience. And then to actually hear myself, you know, in the game, you know, it, it I, I have no words. It, it's, 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 it's a, it's a speechless thing because it's like, I'm in a video game. That's, that, that's wild. You know, I never would have thought if you had asked me, you know, told me five years ago I would be an NBA PA announcer and I'd be in a video game, I would have told you you were insane. But here I am, and it's, it's just a blessing. And I saw the video that's been circulating around with every single PA announcer in the league. Um, if you happen to watch that video, what was your thoughts in terms of your colleagues as well? Like, is there kind of like a brotherhood that's kind of formed? And 
you know, they have their own styles. What does she kind of take away, you know, if you happen to see that video and just in terms of how they approach the game compared to yours, not like in a competitive way, but just in terms of just, mm -hmm. and I guess I guess the analytical way in terms of how you approach all these guys in the NBA, was there kind of any comparisons or any kind of uh, notes you guys shared with that process? Well, first of all, you picked the absolute right word every now and then. Um, you know, I'll be our uh, message back and forth with um, with PA announcers in the NBA and outside of the NBA. And some of us use the hashtag PA Brotherhood uh, because awesome. really there are, it's a select number of people. I mean, if you think about it, there are only 29 other men in the world that do what I do that are NBA PA announcers. There's a specific subset that are NFL, that are NHL, that are MLS, MLB. So, um, you know, it really is a brotherhood. So when you, um, when you talk to another PA announcer, you know that they are going through the exact same things that you are. They have the same experiences that you do. How we approach what we do and our delivery, yeah, there are differences. Um, you know, I'm on, you know, this end of the scale along with a John Mason in, uh, in Detroit. Uh, that we are just just high energy, just up there. And then on the opposite side, you have Lawrence Tanter in uh, in Los Angeles with the Lakers. Um, very low key, you know, and you, the most you're going to get, ladies and gentlemen, the starting lineup for your world champion Los Angeles Lakers, yeah, that's what you're going to get, you know. Um, the, uh, the gentleman, I'm sorry, his name escapes me, but in Utah, he's been there for almost 40 years. Um, his style a, a little bit more low-key. So there's there's a flavor for everybody. And, you know, I might go out to L.A. and audition for the Lakers, and the Lakers fans might not feel me because they have – because they've had that style for 40 years. So, so my shtick might not work in L.A. where it works in Minneapolis. It might work in Orlando or Miami, you know, Michael Biamonte – as a friend of mine, Dos Minutos, you know, and which I absolutely love, you know, mm -hmm. it's awesome. He's one of the first uh, PA announcers to reach out to me when I got the gig up here. But, uh, you know, we all have our different styles, but just like the NBA is in different cities and different cities have different flavors, we have those different flavors too. Uh, and uh, so there is somebody for everybody. And I'm glad that I'm for somebody. Well, oh, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to ask, um, la last question, uh, unless you have more, Justin. Um, what are you looking forward to, and how do you feel the energy is for the fans of Minnesota this season? I mean, obviously, Anthony Edwards is electrifying. There's a lot to look forward to there. Um, what's kind of your outlook for this upcoming season and what to expect from the Timberwolves? Well, the one thing that uh, about um... – this past season in COVID was that we did not have a full target center house to see some of the stuff that Anthony mm. Edwards did. Mm -hmm. uh, I can only imagine what it's going to be like when 18978 are, are in target center, when he goes up for one of those thunderous jams and uh, the, the one that everybody says that that was the dunk of the year yeah. uh, against Toronto and uh, full disclosure, 
the the guy that he dunked on, Yuta Watanabe, he went to George Washington, and I did a couple of his games oh. when I was at George Washington. <laughs> so it was kind of the bittersweet to see that because <laughs> when it happened, I was like, oh, my God, like all of us at the table. You know, I rocked back in my seat. And we were all like, oh, my God. <laughs> but then on the flip side of it, I was like, oh, Yuta. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's going to be immortalized forever on that. But, um, yeah, so that, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward. We have some new pieces. Uh, you know, we have Patrick Beverly is now yeah. a part of the team. And, again, I'm not an analyst at all. I'm just telling you what I'm looking forward to. I'm yeah, looking yeah, sure. forward to the, the energy that he brings. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the things that I've heard from Cat in the offseason – uh, you know, I'm looking forward to his renewed, uh, you know, attitude. It's just all of those elements. It makes it so good when, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm announcing and, and, and doing that thing, the wins are so fun. You know, it, it's when they're on a run and, and you know, the, the heart beats a little faster and the adrenaline flows a little more uh, because, you know, trust me, we, we might be in the second oldest building in the NBA, but that place can rock when the Timberwolves are on. And I've had the privilege of hearing that a few times. And so I'm just looking forward to some more times like that. And I think we got some more times like that coming this year. Sean, thank you very much for joining us. Keep, please let our viewers and listeners know where they can find you on social media. And then if you have any other projects or anything else you want to plug, please let them know as well. Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Main Event Voice uh, is the handle. Main Event Voice uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can just uh, Sean Parker, S-H-A-W-N, P-A-R-K-E-R. You can also find my professional page uh, is uh, Sean William Parker or at Main Event Voice. Uh, I do a Facebook Live uh, of my intros. And so I always post when I'm going to do that. Uh, so you can take a look at, you know, a little bit behind the curtain of how uh, uh, an NBA PA announcer does his intros. Uh, and I also do voiceovers and, and uh, freelance play-by-play. -play. So I, I love doing play-by-play -play as well. So I do high school play-by-play -play, um, for the Minnesota Vixen women's professional football team. Uh, so uh, the WFA, if you haven't seen that, Women's professional football, they've got some skilled, quality players. So go check it out, WFAfootball.com, and find uh, the team that's in your area. Great. Sean, we really enjoyed the chat. Thank you for coming on to the show. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're more than welcome. Anytime.